0: There are many things i still don't understand there's one thing i know for sure let me tell you now my friend i know the truth how jesus we welcome
1: everybody once again to thy word is true podcast ministries i am brother scott roberts and joining me is my brother in the lord joel moreno brother how are you doing today
0: i'm doing pretty good brother scott how are you doing
1: i'm doing fantastic i'm pretty excited about some of the things we've been hearing in the news and uh uh, one of the biggest things is church is about to open up
0: i'm excited i'm excited uh we've been praying a lot for it and i'm just i'm excited to go back to the church house i don't know about you but I, i i really miss church you know and it's not just the the place, I miss the gathering. I miss the church of God. Amen. People. Amen. Yes, the fellowship is going to be a big thing.
1: And I, and I was talking to a pastor about this this week as well. And we were thinking about the first service uh, coming back into the church. Is this going to be, uh, you know, service is not going to be the same. Order is not going to be the same, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to have like this big fellowship thing going on. People gonna be hugging necks and things <laughs> like that. Or, or will people still be a little standoffish?
0: Uh, that's something else I was thinking you know, about too. I don't know. It's going to be kind of weird because... You think about quarantine, you're quarantining your house for all these weeks and you come back to church and you think that you're comfortable around them once again. But I don't know. it Would be awkward, I guess? You know, for some people, it'll probably right. be kind of awkward to, to get back to normal. You know, people are going to be skeptic. I don't know how it's going to play out, but I'm excited. Yeah, amen. I mean, I
1: just want to see the doors open and uh, and the people come back in and be excited about it. Now, there's going to be a lot of things we're going to have to do. Uh, as a church, to be precautioned still, we still have to follow the CDC guidelines. Uh, we still have to practice social distancing, I guess. Of course, uh, in the church too. So, okay. so when I heard that news yesterday uh, from Governor Bashir, I know that starting May 11th, we've got some non-essential uh, manufacturing, construction, uh, automobile dealerships. What they say here: professional services and over 50 percent of capacity or at 50% of capacity, plus horse racing without fans and pet grooming and boarding. Hmm. Now, of course, we know this weekend is supposed to be Derby. I yeah. mean, today is Thurby. Yeah, uh, It's the Thursday before the Derby, and, of course, tomorrow's considered Oaks Day. Uh, but all that's going to be taking place now in September. Yeah. So um, yeah. it's just interesting how these are opening up now. Uh, but what I want to talk about real quick here before we get into our topic today is, um, is the non-essential retail stores and house of worships that are opening up, I believe it's May 20th. That's a Wednesday. Uh, So, And Bashir says here uh, that there will be limits on the number of people allowed in a a store or church at a time, and that will likely be defined as a percentage of the building's occupancy as set by the fire marshal. Um, He says in-person services will be allowed at a reduced capacity but will be limited to just worship service itself in other words no sunday school uh no uh events outside of that or in, you know inconclusive with the church and yeah, you know, that's something the pastor and i talked about too we're probably not gonna have sunday school for a little while
0: yeah yeah and you know i was thinking also i'm all like it's gonna make it kind of hard for door knocking i wonder what they're mm. gonna do on on door knocking and bus routes bus ministries you know um, people are going to be skeptic now. They're going to yeah. be scared to open the door. And, you know, I wonder how they're going to work that out. But, you know, I mean, I guess as a Christian, all we can do is just pray and, and pray to God. He allows things to happen for a reason, and we can't we can't really fight against him, you know. Right. And, and who would want to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to fight against God. I
1: mean, <laughs> the last not. thing I want is so. to wrath the God down in my life. That's for <laughs> sure. Uh, but you know, Bashir said something quite interesting, though. I wanted, to, I wanted to share that with you here, too, as well. He was saying in another uh, uh, article that I read here, uh, this being from Kentucky.com News, he says on May 20th, in quotes, he says, provided the virus is where we think it's going to be at that stage, then it goes on to say in-person services may be able to start again at reduced capacities." Now, I'm not going to get political here. Uh, that's that's <laughs> not my platform. That is not my forte. Um, But it seems like he didn't say that statement about non-essential companies and businesses. It says literally, this is the quote, on May 20th, in quotes, provided the virus is where we think it's going to be at that stage, in quote, in-person worship services may be allowed to start again at reduced capacity, Bashir said, as will non-essential retail businesses. But why point out worship services as you know, as as the beginning topic about that. And it kind of worries me a little bit that he's, you know, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to get political. I don't want to say something out, out of line. But, you know, I'm just excited regardless that on May 20th, we're going to be able to open our churches back up.
0: Yeah, I'm excited as well. Um, I've heard a little bit of that comment, and I, I try to ignore it the best I can. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just pray, I guess. Pray for, for the ones that are in charge, and yes. that's all we can do. You know, I mean, God has a... The upper hand on him and, you know, he allows things for a reason. So we'll see how it plays out. You know, we'll see how how the people react, how the people of God react. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that a lot of times we we lose our focus (coughs) and we start focusing on on other things. But let's see how the people react when they come back. You know, is there going to be a lot of people that even come back? Some that got comfortable (laughs) on the live stream, you know, just Uh, they like sitting in pajamas and (laughs) in the the living
1: room or at at the kitchen table. Yeah, you know, it
0: was a dangerous. I mean, it was a good way to provide service, but it was a dangerous thing as well because there's a lot of them that that probably got used to that, that work, it's that easy to be in a
1: comfort zone and not want to come out of that basically of course yeah. of course so church so church people if you're listening to this and when church opens hey go to church amen yeah. yeah i mean if you're sick stay home if you don't feel good stay home i'm with that then then you can watch the live stream services uh but hey when the doors are open go to church yeah. amen yeah and uh Thank we appreciate you. that um do continue to pray, everybody, about these these openings and that we do things in the right way uh, and that we don't um, get ahead of ourselves, in other words. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to explode this thing out and then we make the situation worse than what it really is right now. Uh, But we are excited about these things that are coming up, and I want to kind of talk a little bit about that today. And once again, we want to thank everybody else here for tuning in to our third episode of our podcast ministries here. Um, And this particular season, we're talking about salvation, uh, origins and truths. And today we're going to talk about the role of grace. Now, we ended on this topic last week. Uh, We were talking about Paul and uh, his conversion and how grace applied to his life, and what what I thought we would do this week is to look at a deeper, uh, a closer, in-depth look at Paul's life and how how he became a Christian, how he got saved, uh, how grace changed his life, and where that where grace played that role in uh, salvation. So I thought it'd be uh, interesting to talk about his life, I know a lot of us know the life of Paul. I know a lot of preachers love preaching uh, on Paul. Uh, We do know that he wrote basically a third of the New Testament. Uh, We were talking about that just a moment ago, and there's 27 books in the New Testament, and 13 of those books, um, you know, God used Paul to write those out. So I thought it'd be interesting if we take that opportunity today to look at his life uh, and everything. So we we ended off on Galatians chapter 1, and there was a verse last week that you wanted to get to, uh, but we didn't get to. We ran out of time last week. So if you want to, Joel, we can pick up there. On that verse, if you want to.
0: Okay, well, just to give a little summary or resume on from last week, we were looking at Paul, and and we're talking about the grace, what it meant to me, and what a perfect example we have here in Paul. We see in verse number thirteen. This what I was trying to imply last week. I just couldn't find the verse until after after the part the episode. But in verse number thirteen, it says. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the the law. I'm in chapter 2. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I said back one one chapter. (laughs) I
1: like that verse too. I like going where you're going with that one there. But yeah, back of uh, chapter 1, verse 13.
0: Chapter 1, verse 13 says, For ye have heard of my uh, conversation in the time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. So here we see the life of, of Paul, and we start noticing who he was as a person. He was a strict Pharisee. Uh, how he knew the law, the law in in his time, how he was uh, actually, uh, he was, uh, what am I trying to get out here? He was very well educated in the law. Right, right. And then we start seeing here how he was not only well educated, but he had zeal for his belief, for his religion. And Mm -hmm. we see how he not only did that, but he persecuted the people that were working for God, the people that that followed God. So I was saying, you know, for God's grace to cover someone that was after his people and forgive someone that was after his people. I mean, talk about grace. That's a great, (laughs) great act of grace. Yes. God showing his mercy with Paul and who he became. And we'll get a little bit into that through the episode, but that's just one thing that I wanted to imply as we start uh, today's episode.
1: And, And real quick here, um, and like I said, we are, I do want to dive into that life a little bit in the book of Acts of Paul, but we, we challenged a question last week, and uh, we were saying that Christian, the word Christian, in a sense, the uh, the actant of a Christian, we really didn't see it until the coming of Christ, we didn't see it in the Old Testament. So where in the New Testament do we see where Christian comes into play? Uh, we see where it came into play, but it's after Christ. You found that verse. Where was that at again? It was
0: in Acts chapter 11. And it was verse number uh,
1: 26. Yeah, read that verse for us again. Listen to this, folks.
0: It says, and when he had found him, he brought him into Antioch. Antioch, Mm -hmm. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the (laughs) church and taught much people. And his disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. That word yeah, That's a hard Sorry, word. Sometimes to think about. I do want to—I do want to say before we proceed tonight, uh, I am Mexican, so some of my words, <laughs> some of my words in English are not perfect. So please don't hate me for that. Uh, you know, teach me oh, English. I guess <laughs> we're not gonna hate you for that, brother.
1: I told y'all that we we have our uh, our Spanish minister here with us. He's an evangelist, actually, uh, out of Bernie Bush Baptist Church, and so you know we're bringing you two sides of. The truth of the Word of God, amen. It's still from the amen. Word, amen. Uh, but you get two little uh, incentives with that. It's going to
0: become a, a Spanglish <laughs> podcast. I like that, a
1: Spanglish broadcast. Amen. <laughs> uh, that that was Acts uh, 11? Yes, sir. 26 was it? 26, that? yes, sir. Okay. Acts 11, 26. So I'm, I'm bringing up my app here on my phone. This is the eSword app. And, um, folks, I love this app. I mean, I, I do a lot. It's got the King James Version, of course. Um, but it also has the concordance along with that. So it brings up every Greek and Hebrew word that is in the Word of God, and it brings up every word that has some type of meaning to it. And so I wanted to look at the word Christians, how it is brought up in the Greek. It is a Greek word, um, and it is pronounced Christianos, Christianos. That's almost like that's almost Very Spanish. Spanish, Spanish. Right Christianos, <laughs> hallelujah! Uh, so I like that, but uh, it, it's it literally means a Christian. That is follower of Christ. So to be called a Christian, don't be hypocritical and be following Baal or be following the world. Uh, we've got to follow Jesus Christ. That's the only way. Uh, we can call ourselves a Christian. And that's in the Word of God, folks. That's not Brother
0: Scott's opinion. That's the definition of that word in that verse. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. We have to follow Christ. I mean, God himself said, be followers of me. Absolutely. So we have to follow Christ. If I get too
1: loud, folks, I apologize. I'm working on some volumes on my my microphone because it was a little dead in last week. So, But I do get loud and I get excited, so... Uh, just a heads up there. <laughs> we're both preachers too, like I said, Brother Joel's an evangelist, so, uh, and I'm a preacher here at at my church. But uh, we're just excited for the fact that as we look at this word Christians, and as we're looking at the role of grace, how it plays in salvation, Paul's life is a prime example of anybody who is lost and undone, and you know who may have any type of inclination of what religion is,
0: and. Yeah. You know, they, they can still be lost as, you know, as I'll get out. Yeah. You know? And, you know, what I love about the life of Paul is who he was before he became a Christian, before he converted into mm. Christian. You know, a lot of people, they, they like to see the Bible and they say, well, God spoke to him or... or, or You know, God helped him and he gave him a different ability than us. No, I mean, they were all human. Every person in the Bible were human just like we are. So, I mean, the same God that they had in their time is the same God that we serve now. And the same things that he did for them, he can do for us. The only thing, the only difference is that these people that we see in the Bible were more willing. They had more dedication than what we do now in our days. And it's uh, sad to say, but it's true. So, I mean, I, I really like the life of Paul because if he could receive the grace of God, most of us can definitely receive the grace of Amen. God. Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> I really like that that we're using the example of Paul. So, folks, if you're listening and you don't
1: know Christ your Savior, you're not a Christian. Uh, you never accepted Christ your Savior. Let me tell you something. You're, there's nothing in your life uh, that you have done that is too bad or too horrible that God will not forgive you for. Amen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Paul in his life, you know, again, he was raised as a Pharisee and he thought that he was doing the will of God according to the religion traditions. Yeah, And this is why I hate traditions, Brother Joel, because traditions kill. Of course. You know, there, there's, 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 there's good, there's good traditions and there's bad traditions. And this is one that Paul followed as a young kid. Again, you know, he was formerly known as Saul yeah. uh, before he got saved. And so, you know, here Saul is killing Christians, uh, by order of the church, of yep. all things. Yep. So if, if God can save a man like that, who are killing his own people, uh, people, God, ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to tell you that there's nothing too bad in your life that you have done that God will not forgive you for. Of course. That is the role of grace in yep. salvation. Yes, sir. Um, so as we're looking at the life of Paul, um, in the book of Galatians, or where we're starting there in Galatians, he was... Preaching there, at the church of Galatia, he was sharing his testimony there. And if you continue reading on down through in the first chapter of Galatia, it's one of, one of my favorite chapters there of that particular book because that last verse, that last verse says it all right here. Now, now this is what I mean by Christians, folks. He says, Paul wrote there in the last verse of Galatians, and they glorified God in me. Yep. Yes, they didn't sure. say that they glorified me, he didn't say that they lifted me and put him on a pedestal, they said they glorified Amen. God. In me because of his testimony. Excuse me. So there's power in your testimony and a role of grace. uh, The grace plays a role in that when you get saved.
0: Of course. Of course.
1: So we know that was his testimony, but what was his life like? That's what I want to look at. Uh, We were talking about that a moment ago. If you want to kind of take us down that that road that that you was looking at. Um, And Brother Brother Joel's got some notes about this, about looking at the life of Paul. Who was Paul or who was Saul before grace showed up in his life? And that's what I want us to look at here in the remaining time that we have. And, folks, we want you to understand uh, that God loves us no matter what we have done, no matter what we even do in the future. Uh, I was talking to a dear uh, Christian friend today, and, you know, there's one thing we need to remember, that there's— when we get saved, when we become a Christian, our way of thinking has changed. Uh, sin looks different to us. And then when we do sin, there is such a remorse in our life that we are looking for forgiveness right off the bat. I know that I do. And uh, I was sharing with this this dear this dear saint that, you know, if, if you ever feel that you're not saved, but yet you still feel in conviction of the sins in your life, think about if you were a lost person, would you have those same convictions? Hmm. And I don't think you would. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lost person who does not know Christ as their Savior don't have anything to be remorseful about because they're living in sin. Sin's pleasing to them. Sin is what they know. Yeah. And that's what I look when I look at the life of Saul. But when you get saved, God changes you from the inside out. I'm yeah. thankful for that. Yes, sir. And so he changes your way of thinking, and your convictions are different. And
0: sin does not seem or feel the same anymore. Yes, sir. And you know, it's kind of like how we explained a little bit last uh, last week. We said that we were dead in sin and trespasses. Mm. So now we have life. So being dead is not being. I mean, you can't feel anything. You can't hear anything. Right. And and that's how a person is without God. You can't tell the difference. You can't hear God. You can't. You can't uh, be convicted of something that's normal to you by 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 uh, nature. We're sinners. You know, it, the Lord exactly of sin. right. Mm-hmm. So I mean when it comes to Paul, even in Galatians chapter 1, in the first opening verse, he said that he was brought into life, from death to life, talking that he was dead in sins. So, I mean, I I like what you just said right now. I mean, people in their norm, in their normal uh, day-to-day life without Christ, they're Mm -hmm. sinners, you know, and and to them it's natural. Right. But to us, it seems sinful, you know, because we have been open our eyes have been open to the
1: truth absolutely and that's yeah i'm glad you said that way too because i don't want us to be blinded to the fact that just because we're saved just because we're christians does not mean we're not going to sin oh of course that is something that we contend with every day and even paul talked about the thorn in the flesh you know even when you read about paul's life after his conversion and all the great things god used him for he was still a sinful man every Mm -hmm. one of us are or or Mm is and so so don't Misunderstand the fact that once you get saved, it's all gonna be a bed of roses. Yeah, you know this this is gonna be an easy road to follow. Because I tell you right now, the Christian life
0: uh, is a harder life to follow than the life of sin. I tell you right now, and and this this is something that I don't I don't want to lose my train of thought on, on nothing, but I do want to point the point of or point of view that just because we're Christians, we don't try to play the role that we're perfect. I know a lot of people say, oh, they think that they're a bunch of perfect people or, or they're better than anybody else. We are not better than anybody. If, if right. anything, <laughs> if anything, we go to church to, to get better in our life because we know we need it. But, I mean, as far as us being judgmental and stuff, we're not being judgmental. It's, it's, it's no, just like no. what you're explaining. We're all sinners. We all have... Uh, We all have sin that affects our life, and and God knows it above all. And, I mean, for any Christian, and, and I'm not trying to point fingers to anyone, but for any Christian that thinks that we're better than sinners, we're just the same. God sees us the same as He sees them. The only difference is that we're saved. We're saved by His grace. There, again. Amen. Amen. So I mean, we, we can't we can't play that role of pointing the fingers because there's one finger pointing out, and the rest there's, of them are, the pointing, of them are back pointing back. The rest of them point right back at you. It's so exactly right. <laughs> I do want to imply that that that. I mean, we're not perfect. We're we're trying our best, and and I know a lot of a lot of people that don't go to church think that we're hypocritical, and we're mm-hmm. really not. We're just trying to do better for God, you know. And and when it comes to sin. We are all human, and even Paul said, I mean, it's not a battle of, of, of uh, how do you say, it's a battle of flesh.
1: Right, we, we battle the flesh and contend against the flesh every day. Yeah. The the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yes, sir. You know, yes, sir. and uh, yeah, it, it, there are so many rabbit trails I want to I'm chase right now. I'm not yeah. going to <laughs> be get into that because we will definitely lose our train of thought. But I mean, I just want everybody to understand that as we de- define the word Christian, it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. That is the definition from the 1828 Webster's Dictionary, one of the original dictionaries from Webster's, that we have. And it that's exactly what it means. So if you are a Christian, you are a follower of Jesus Christ, it means your life will be changed Amen. every day.
0: Amen. And, and as far as grace, when we're talking about grace, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way better to explain it than what we're trying to explain with the Amen. Word of God. So, I mean, we we can't, I don't want to put my opinion in, and I know that this is not the opinion. So, I mean, that's how we're using the Word of God. So, there's no argument there where it's the final truth, and God had the last word, and he said it how he meant it.
1: That's the purpose of our broadcast. I mean, thy word is truth. This is the truth. Uh, I just want God to use us as the mouthpieces to share that truth. When we start interjecting our opinions... It better be backed up with the truth. And of that's what course. I want us to make sure we stay on tra- track with. So, yes, sir. Yeah, course, yeah, that's great. That's a great thing to interject right
0: there. So, yes, sir. So, I mean, <clears throat> we're looking back at Acts uh, chapter 22, verse number three, the life of Paul before uh, he converted, I guess, to a Christian mm-hmm. is what we wanted to look at. And verse number three, it says, I am verily a man. First of all, we're we're all human. <laughs> that's, right. That's what I right. receive. You know, I am verily a man, which I'm a Jew born in uh how many <laughs> I those were? tarsus
1: I got you my mexican friend
0: <laughs> <laughs> well if you want go ahead and read those cuz those all right let me read, I'll read the verse
1: back. for you that's okay. fine so thank he you, he says you. that I am verily a man which am a Jew so no paul is a Jew uh born in Tarsus a city in Cil- uh, Cilicia yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers and was zealous toward God as ye all are this day. And I, I mean, again, just showing his life right there. You know who he who he is, who he was.
0: Yeah, and you know what I would like to imply here, and, and I'm not trying to make it into a service or nothing, but preach seeing, on, brother. Seeing his life, <laughs> I mean, there's people that that have a zeal to what they hold on to. I mean, we have a lot of people out there that are. Uh, They worship uh, so many other things and I don't want to get into religion or nothing or I don't want to call them that they're I don't don't want to call them wrong or anything like that. I don't want to attack it that way. But what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of people that have zeal in what they believe. There's a lot of people that are atheists, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people that are are, uh, Catholic, a lot of people that they have their own belief. And if we see Paul, he had zeal for what he believed and he was even zealous towards God. So this is a normal a normal person, uh, sorry, a normal person we're talking about here. A man, a human flesh, just like you and I. And we see his life before he was converted into the Christian life. We see who he was. He was a person that had nothing to do with God. <clears throat> so in verse number uh, verse number four, is, explains a little bit more of who he was before he was converted. It says, and I persecuted this way unto the death. Binding and delivering into prisons, both men and women. Mm -hmm. Verse number five, it says, As also the high priest doth bear me witness and all the state of the elders, from whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and went to Damascus to bring them which were uh, there bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. So we see who he was. He was not only a man that had zeal for what he believed, But he was also a man that was persecuting those that were worshiping God, that were following God. So we see that uh, in our everyday life, we run into people that are the same way, you Mm -hmm. know, Uh, especially and not getting back on the subject of this whole virus thing, but. We see how many people got on to attack churches that were holding services in, in church services through this whole time. We see how they were persecuting Absolutely, the people yeah. that were doing right. You know, the people that were serving, the people that were uh, doing their, their practicing their rights, the people that were holding church services. But we see how many people were persecuting just because they hold on to a strong belief they were persecuting the church and they were persecuting members of the church. So, I mean, we see that we see. That there's a lot of pause, I guess, is what I'm trying to say out yeah. there. <laughs> you know, with the same attitude that, that he had before he was converted. Mm-hmm. But and you know what? <clears throat> I'm sorry, go I ahead. I was going to
1: say, I wanted to point out another aspect of his life that you that we were talking about. Down in, down in verse number uh, three again, that we started off here. As he talks about where he came from and what he was doing, and he says, now... Uh, according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God. Now, folks, I want you to understand something. This is before Paul. This is Saul. He's given his life of who he used to be. And even as a lost person, here's a man who thought that he was doing everything he was supposed to do for God. So I kind of take that as that there's there's a difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. And at this time in Paul's life, he had a lot of head knowledge, of God. He had he had a lot of head knowledge of the religious activities back then. That's why he was so zealous toward God. In other words, that word zealous means he was on fire. He had a zeal that nobody can deter him, no one can shake him from it. Yeah. You know, and but but he was going about the wrong way, even though he knew it, he didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. I like those signs that say know Jesus, no Jesus N O, uh, no life, and then no Jesus K-N-O-W, no G or no Jesus, K N O W no life in K N O W. So, folks, you can know everything in the word in the world about this Bible, but if you don't know Jesus in your heart, if He has not saved you, then this is all for nothing. And that's what Paul is relating here. I believe, uh, as as Joel's you reading those verses, he's relating about who his life used to be, and he's trying to let people or convince people that he is a changed man. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah. And I mean we we as we keep seeing in, in his life and who he was uh in verse number um, I believe we left off in verse number 5. Mm-hmm. As also the high priest doth bear me witness and all these uh, all the state of the elders from whom also I received let letters unto the brethren and went to Damascus to bring them which were there bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. Um, when I read that, <clears throat> I think that it was very, very, uh, I don't want to say crazy. I don't know how to, how to word it, but I think it was very, the act of grace that we see on, how, on the calling of God, how he called Paul. On, on the mission that Paul was doing. He was persecuting, he was after people of God yeah. <laughs> persecuting and, and God said mm. he, he intervened, you know, he said, Wait a minute And it brings me back to a uh, to a story of a, a Catholic priest. They had spoke to him about God, but he was very well well uh, educated in his religion as a priest. And you know, he started reading the Bible and he started studying the Bible. And then he started seeing that Mary didn't have anything to do with, you know, doing miracles and stuff. So he started studying on, <laughs> on the, the reality of it and he seen that it was God, right? That God's sacrifice was what we should be worshiping. He said, and it opened his eyes up to why are people coming to me to intervene between them? You know? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so this, this priest became saved. He became a, a Christian and now he's, he's very well educated in Catholicism, but he's he's a Christian and he's preaching the word of God, the correct word of God. But what I'm trying to say is that <clears throat> the way that God calls people is, is very, the way that God calls people is very interesting. And, you know, there's a lot of, like I said, there was a lot of critics out there on, on, on through this pandemic mm-hmm. on, on church, but, you know, don't get discouraged because there could be people that were in there to, to try to discourage you or try to uh, execute what you were trying to do. But, you know, you know, Maybe the grace of God got to one of those people that were trying to persecute. and <laughs> Exactly, and, you know, yes. They, they, they got saved or, or they got into a Christian family throughout trying to be rebellious, but God intervening. and he said, you know, hold on. What they're doing is right. Mm-hmm. God probably touched their heart. You never know. You never know how many people actually got reached that way.
1: And that's the thing, too, that, that I think about through all this all this pandemic we're in and the churches that are taking these stands. You know, no one's forcing anybody to go to these churches. Of course, but I think that through their stand, people are seeing that the grace of God is greater than anything in the world. I mean, God will take care of His people. That's just the bottom line. Yeah, He pray, He promised in the Word, "I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee." Uh, so we know that no matter what comes our way, God is there to protect us. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. The Bible tells us, yeah. and so looking at the life of Paul and seeing where the role of grace plays in. And we're going to continue this 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 topic. We're going to continue this this discussion uh, later on as well, um in, in our next episode. But I, I just want some people to get the idea here. What we're looking at here at, in the life of uh, of Paul, that even though uh, even though he was headstrong, he was heart lost. Yeah. And the grace of God, what it does, and we gave this definition last week. And that this is one of my this is one of the most beautiful definitions I've heard. And, and, uh, and I th- I'm going to give his name if he's going to listen. I appreciate him and his prayers. But I believe Brother Tim Wells, uh, he's the uh, he's a pastor over here at Calvary Road Baptist Church right now. And he said grace, as defined, is the divine influence in the heart and its reflection in the life. Yeah. And so we see that come to life in the life of Paul. Yeah. And that happens with every person in this entire world who comes to that saving knowledge, who becomes a Christian, because the role that grace plays yeah. in salvation.
0: Yes, sir. And I'm excited to get into it more on on the episodes, and and just see, just see not only how how God called him and how He spread His grace upon His life, but how the how the people accepted it. It took them a while to accept him and and the way that He changed. They thought He was faking it, and we'll get mm-hmm. into it more. But it took him a while to accept the fact that he really did change. But that's, that's, uh, Brother Tim Wells was, was accurate on point with that yeah, definition. And
1: I think in next week's episode, we're probably going to infringe a lot about, uh, persecution. Yeah. Uh, you know, because like you just said, yeah, I know who this guy is. There's no way he is saved. Hey, I want to share testimony next week about how that was the same reflection in my life when I got saved. And I'm sure you may have that same testimony, uh, being a PK kid, you know, but, uh, Yours, yours may be a little different, but still, that's the thing. When you get saved and God changes us, He changes us from the inside out. Yeah, and uh, and people may not see that right away, but we've got to stay true to Him. Christians once again means a follower of Jesus Christ. Of course, yes, Amen, right. brother Joel. Thank you again for being with us today. Um, I appreciate brother Joel and his his partnership with me in this endeavor. To bring the, the light of God's truth Out to an untruthful world And that is our purpose here For Thy Word of True Ministries And we appreciate you listening as well Please send us your comments, your questions Things that uh, just be on your heart That you want to know about the Word of God And our, our, our goal is to study the Word of God And to bring you answers That will help you to get yourself Into the Word of God And that's what it's all about So again, for Brother Joel and myself Thank you for listening to our third episode Of our Podcast Ministries, if thy word is true. And remember, we're just trying to bring God's truth to an untruthful world. God bless you. Y'all have a good time.
0: How Jesus died to save a world that's lost upon